be famous. Disgusting hippie pig. Who wants to die for art? What are we alive for except to grab all the kicks we can? To contaminate our society. <laughs> Broadcasting live from the recent past in the Dogwater Studios in Sparks, Nevada, I am the Reverend Rory Dowd, and with me as always are my good friends, Nick Ramirez and Josh Martin, and our social leper, Ricky Spagnola. This is the Worst Little Podcast, and we are here to entertain you. Hell yeah. Nice job, nice job. Good to see you guys again. Good to see you. How you doing? Excellent. Does everybody have a good weekend? A good week, I should say? Wonderful week. It was great. Again, I had the funnest, best weekend ever in my entire life. Nuh-uh. Did you beat off a lot? I swear. No, that almost (laughs) entered into it zero. Isn't that funny? Congratulations. Wow, good I for know. you. Coming up in the world. I know, but I did I did get uh, uh, violently kissed by a drunk lesbian. So Awesome. That's always a good weekend. Not always. <laughs> I guess it depends on the lesbian. Yeah, if it's your sister, not so much. <laughs> My sister's very heterosexual. Yeah. <laughs> to say the least. Just so you know. <laughs> She she could start her own like basketball team at this point. I think <laughs> yeah, just about yeah. <laughs> coach it. Uh, so as far as uh, getting back to the week goes, uh, myself, I had a great week. So many things happened, wonderful for me. I uh, uh, I have a job application in to be an editor of a website that I've been doing freelance for, and I took my little skills assessment. And they said if uh, it was a bad skills assessment, they would get back to me promptly to let me know that I was out of the running. So far, it's been a week, and I haven't heard anything back, so I'm gearing up for an interview there. I think that's Bravo. Dude. Excellent. I I might have a job. Wow. Like with with the salary and and insurance and using my degree and everything. Keep our fingers crossed for you. Yeah. In addition to that, today I just found out I, uh, I've landed an internship at the General Studies and um, uh, Undeclared uh, Major Advisement Center at UNR. That's cool. So I'll be teaching freshmen and, and people returning to school how not to screw it up like I did 20 years ago. That's, You're perfect yeah. for that. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. You want to know how to get through college on the 20-year plan? Talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> you want to know how to succeed on it while being an alcoholic and pothead and take, you know, just get a 3-0? Talk to me. Be like a scared straight <laughs> for I'm college students. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Hey, look at these giant holes in my ears. You, you'll turn out just like this. See this tattoo on my face? Uh, no. <laughs> Tyson. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I went all Tyson with it. Um, and then the uh, the other great things, I too, we talked about it last week. We all had a bunch of shows happening this week. Uh, the open mic went fantastic last Monday. I thought so. It was Everybody, great. Yeah, you guys were all there. Absolutely. It was a great time. Uh, really one of the best open mics I've been to since we moved back to town and all of our friends showed up to welcome us back to town. Yeah. It was great. Yeah, good, good time. Good lineup. Yep. Um, so yeah, keep that in mind. The Monday night, Monday night open mic at the Zephyr happens every week, and if you're listening to this, you should definitely check it out because it is one of the longest running open mics in the city. Our only other big competitor are uh, Walden's on Saturday and uh, the Java Jungle Night that I also started. <laughs> um, right which before is the that. same night, which is really cool because you can go to Java Jungle, do your thing there, That's and then really go over to the Zephyr and do it there too. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. If you got that kind of time. And why right. wouldn't you? Right? 
the first sets for all the, the you know the kids and <laughs> who the, need sleep and the people who need sleep and then yeah the Zephyr sets for the alcoholic insomniacs yeah. yeah. The first one smells a little bit more like um, B.O. and feet, and the second one is like B.O. and whiskey. (laughs) And more cigarettes. More cigarettes, yeah. Yeah. That's true. Um, And then at the end of the week, uh, we had our first inaugural Dirty Spelling Bee at Jub Jub's Thursday party. Talked about that in the first podcast. That really, it went great. What kind of words were you guys? Um, uh, let's see. Uh, one of the words we, yeah, we went from like mud and dirt to weenie and titties. Wow. I could have killed him. Uh, but you know, we did move up. We moved up I could spell that with quickly. a calculator. We moved up. <laughs> <laughs> Boob. Uh, no, but we did get quickly into more difficult words like quisquillion to have a tawdry appearance. Oh, yeah, tawdry was also another word. Um, let's see. Is that with um, an EY or just a Y? Uh, Tadri with yeah. just a Y. Okay. Tadri is with a Y. Quisquillion, that that was a difficult one that did not knock John Cornell out. John Cornell, friend of the show, good friend of the show. He was the big wiener. And Dakota Dreyer, uh, also a friend of the show, was the big loser. He was the first one to get something wrong and got the fewest points of all the contestants. So oh, big yeah, hand for fun. Dakota. First out. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. Uh, Excuse me. Sorry about that. Uh, just uh, earthquake. Um, so, yeah, no, we are looking forward to it. We're going to do it once a month, and hopefully uh, more people who showed up at the later end of the show uh, will show up because it is an early show. It's 6 to 8. It's a happy hour show, but we had fun with it. I'll talk more about that in a few weeks. Um, and then other than that, I don't know, nothing really much happened over the weekend, I, uh, I, except there was this— Big. There was this little um, sporting contest. Yeah. You well, might, yeah, the horseshoe tournament out in yeah. Spanish Springs. Yeah, we yeah. threw a party for it. It was, <laughs> it was televised. Uh, now, I did. Th- no, I threw my very first Super Bowl party, uh, and it was a smashing success. And we all talked about Star Trek and role playing games th- throughout the whole thing. <laughs> that sounds. Yeah, scary. we really paid. You paid a lot of attention to. No, it. No, we huh? did. That was just during commercials. Oh, okay. yeah. No, we nerded out in the commercials and then roared during the game. And great it, game too. It was, yeah, it was. It was a fantastic game. Um, did, did you guys watch it? We fought it Absolutely. out. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. I, you go, Josh. How was your Super Bowl? My Super Bowl was awesome. I got a chance to go out and see some friends I haven't seen except for maybe once a year doing the Super Bowl. Uh, out in Spanish Springs, and we did have a little miniature horseshoe tournament and uh, actually got out and played nice. a little football at halftime when these are the same people I've been watching the Super Bowl with really since I was in high school practically. And it's a lot harder to play football now than it used to be. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of substitution going on, a lot of sitting down. And, uh, one of my friends actually fell through one of the neighbor's fence. Oh, yeah. yeah. But it was a tight yeah, game. It was it's not fun until somebody puts an eye out. Two to one after half an hour. And uh, so that was that was nice a little football in the street. Very cool. cool. Yeah. A, lot of, a lot of really good food and like a lot of good back friends. Back in the '70s, with no protection oh, yeah. and everything. Yeah, yeah, yep. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely none. <laughs> and these are all thirty-five to forty-five-year-old men now. It's kind of ugly. Bad knees. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot of bad knees. A lot of bad breath. But yeah, at one fun. point in the game, I the wondered. game was awesome. At one point in the game yesterday, I because uh, my whole life I've not been a big football fan. My dad watched it. He's from uh, Ohio, so he's a Browns fan, um, and he's always trying to get me to watch football with him. Come on, so and I, yeah, I'd rather read a book, Dad. 
Um, at one point during the game, I, I just I, I had this urge to call him. He didn't pick up. I don't know what he was doing, but uh, I just wanted to tell him, Dad, I get it. I understand. I'm sorry I denied you the joy of a father and son watching football together on the Super Bowl. Come over. But he lives a thousand miles away. Hey, so, you guys could have yeah. met somewhere. Man, yeah, Denver. Yeah. Yeah. Or d- we could have gone to Dallas. <laughs> Well, that's like me and my dad. Uh, he came up this weekend to Reno from the Bay Area, and uh, he uh, he likes to watch it at the Cal Neva. And we went into this the big room where they have these giant screens, two giant screens on the on the wall, no smoking in there, and it costs twenty bucks, but you get five drinks nice. and all the food you can eat. And it's like hot dogs. I ate three chili dogs and a cheeseburger <laughs> and a bunch of cookies and five beers. And wow. I bet that room smelled Super Bowl. great. Yeah. <laughs> they had this uh, a pole and a dancer who'd entertained during the commercials. It was crazy. She didn't take her clothes off, but she was dancing. And was she eating the underwear. chili dogs? But she wasn't eating the chili dogs. That was too, that'd be too much, man. What was she eating? She was she wasn't really eating much. She was like kind of serving people drinks and dancing and being the hostess with the mostess. So it was a lot of fun. My dad loved it, you know, and he was just, oh, this was the best. I loved hanging out with you. Did you guys do any gambling on the game? He did. I didn't. Yeah. No. I skipped this year too. And his wife was playing the uh, machines. Wow. I I did pick though uh, the not just because they were in the Super Bowl, but because you know I have a lot of family that lived in Michigan growing up, and and you know back. Back in the the 70s, you know, the Packers were one of the big teams. They've always been one of they the still big are. teams. They're pretty, yeah. they're pretty cool, the way that the Packers are and what kind of yeah. – I mean, they're from a town smaller than Reno. Right, right. And, and they've and won they, four Super Bowls now. They, yeah, they've yeah. had the one of the greatest football franchises in the history of the game. And yeah. the Packers are my team. Because yeah, if, if, cool. if Bill Bidwell hadn't stolen the Cardinals away from St. Louis in the middle of the night in, what, 1986, I, I might still be a Cardinals fan. But, no, I, I picked it. The Packers are my team from here on out. Oh, boy. So. Right on. Until we get our own. Prof- it's easy to jump on the bandwagon now. Well, well, yeah, I know it is now. But, no, really. I'm just, that's what I'm saying. But, no, I'm making it clear. Yeah. Even if they yeah. suck next year, I'm still going to root for them the whole season. Jesus. Jesus. They probably still yeah, Rory, I like the Packers, to too, and I'm a faggot. <laughs> <laughs> well, and this is also until Reno gets its own NFL franchise. Yeah, well, in that, that's coming up in 2020. Reno Raiders. Hold your breath. <laughs> yeah, the Reno Raiders. I heard Al Davis was looking at a spot out here in Sparks. Oh, yeah? Yeah. That would be awesome. That would be awesome, but I don't think it's going to happen. No. <laughs> probably not. I think we'd probably get – we'd have a better chance of getting an NBA team before a I don't think we'll team. get either one. No. Don't even have minor hey, league those, hockey. Those Reno Aces. The Aces are awesome. No, they are. Yeah, yeah I went to a game last season yeah. after we moved back. That was fantastic. Yep. Baseball's fun. Yep. I like the stadium. Aces. Stadium's gorgeous. Yeah. I actually worked on that for about eight months and laid yeah. a ton of block and brick on that thing. Yeah, I was and thinking I'm, that I'm pretty when proud I go of there. It. Yeah. My friend Josh did this, man. Yeah. So I'll feel better about it when I spit on it. Yeah. While you're yeah, while you're sitting there <laughs> taking a piss, what you're looking at, I probably <laughs> at least pointed the joints on. <laughs> well, hurrah to you for that, sir. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Um so let's uh Let's get off of football and let's talk about our special guest in the room. Oh, that's right. I was going to say, isn't there somebody else here? We have our very first guest for the show. Nick, you want to wind this up? Ladies and gentlemen, this is Danielle French. Say hello. Hello, boys. 
Yay, Canada's <laughs> own. It's Yay, good to see Canada. you. You didn't tell me she was Canadian. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. But Come I'm on. an honorary Nevadan, so okay. that's why I'm yeah. here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We did make it yep. official at the open mic night that's that, right. that yep. Nevada has adopted you, yes, much yeah. as it has me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? When you, uh, mm-hmm. for, How'd you find Reno? Well, it was the first time I toured in the States um, in 1998. Now I'm really dating myself. And... I was looking at the interstates and the routes, and I was going to go to San Francisco and realized if I'm going back east on the 80, that Reno happens to be there. So I looked up various venues and sent stuff to the Blue Lamp, and one of the bartenders there, Mm. Stacy Toll, Mm. um, she heard the CD. She's like, come and stay for a week. You can open for my band Gunshot Liquor. I'm like, okay, I I guess I can stay a week. She's like, well, where where are you going to stay when you're here? This is just on the phone. And I'm like, I don't know. I've never been to Reno. And she's like, okay, well, you can stay with me. So just, yeah, come on yeah. in. And this she's is like, so I'd never cool met like her. That. She's cool <laughs> like that. Totally. And then through Stacy, I pretty much, you know, she was like the hub of Reno at the time. Absolutely. And I basically yeah. met everybody through there. And when they found out I was staying with Stacy, everybody just totally welcomed me in and and before yeah, I knew you it, must be before cool. I knew it, I was at some girl party at the Adventure Inn in lingerie and driving in a limo up Mount Rose in the middle of the night with champagne in lingerie. And I, I don't know the rest is history. Good times. <laughs> <laughs> and Hold so, up the welcome wagon. I love Reno. <laughs> um, so after that, did you come every year or? Um, it's not really like clockwork. It's it's like as much as I can, you know. So mm-hmm. kept trying to come back and obviously nurtured my relationships here and stuff like that. And you you crazy folks brought me out to the desert in 1998. So I mm-hmm. keep coming back for Burning Man pretty mm-hmm. religiously as well. But, you know, I come back to Reno, not just at Burning Man. I come back at other times as well, for sure. Yeah, I love when you show up. It's great to see you, you know. That was a, it was a really nice surprise to see you the I other night at, a, at the open <laughs> bike at the Zephyr when we were, you know, we were all down there. And then you walk yeah, in, it's yeah. just like a special time to see, you know, yeah. just to... Yeah, it's kind, it's kind of neat to walk into a place. You know, yep. I try and I try and give everyone a heads up that I'm coming and whatnot. But it, it often happens. You know, I'll walk into the Zephyr, um, you know, coffee shop or whatever, and people that I ha- are kind of like in in my crowd, but maybe not connected with me on email, that I can let them know in advance. I show it, and their faces light up, and that that always feels really great. You know. Yeah, it's gotta, huh? So, uh, Danielle, I think maybe we should start. And reset and have you play us my favorite song. Oh. So you want to start with a live one? Live music. Yeah, let's do that. Live music. Okay, everybody be really quiet for the guest, okay? (laughs) Until it's time to clap at the end. Unless you want to sing along. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, this is Nick's, uh, Nick's favorite song. I wrote it when I was on the road for a while. And it's those big trucks that sleep by the side of the road. It's called Sleepy Truck. Truck by the side of the road, without any mittens, without any coat. Must be so lonely to be so alone. Sleepy truck by the side of the road. Lazy boat afloat on the sea. Come tomorrow, where will you be? Must take great faith to float so effortlessly Lazy boat afloat on the sea We will not fall We will not fall 
Star, will you notice me? I'm small and I'm dirty, you're bright and you're clean. Is this the ending or is it a dream? Twinkle star, will you notice me? Twinkle star, will you notice me? The side of the road without any mittens, without any coat. It must be so lonely to be so alone. Sleepy truck by the side of the road. Sleepy truck by the side of the road. You will not falter. You will not falter. Amazing. to be last and beautiful yes that was definitely definitely a wonderful treat again you're our first music or you're our Yay. first guest yeah period yeah. oh yeah so yeah. welcome yeah so thanks so i i think that your your appearance and and that beautiful song i i think is a good uh, uh what do you call that good good uh almond Omen. Yeah. There you go. Oh, there you go. For English major Brilliant. right here. Thing? Yeah. So you got a job at a university? Prediction? <laughs> Excuse um, so me. We'll set the bar pretty high to start off with uh, Danielle French here. So we're going to have to really shoot. Yeah, we should have had And getting some top-notch talent guest. in here from now on. Yeah. But, the guy on the corner playing the bongos for a change yep. should have been our first guest. Yeah. So speaking, there was people uh, are going to say that was not the worst podcast I ever yeah. I'd ever heard. That girl was awesome. Third, <laughs> third worst so far. Down in Louisiana, <laughs> um, on the strip of bars through uh, Lafayette, where we'd go hang out, um, there was this guy who, you know, homeless guy in the South, doesn't have to worry about winter clothes as much as somebody here. So he was always, always there Friday, Saturday nights, dressed up in a marching band outfit, full on with the feather hat. I mean, it looked like it had been rolled in dirt and it was disgusting. But he would dress up in, in a marching band suit and he had this banged up like bugle and a pickle barrel. And he literally, you know, he'd do the flip the pickle barrel over and play it with like sticks, not drumsticks, just sticks. <laughs> And uh, he would, and, boom, 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 boom. you know, he'd entertain you for, you know, you, he wanted your money and would entertain you for it. 
down on the streets, and uh, mate, he should have been our first guest. How much would it cost to fly him out here? Yeah. yeah, and I don't want that guy knowing where I live. <laughs> well, I'm glad it worked Enough out homeless this way. People yeah, this worked this out great. <laughs> this worked out a lot better. Yeah, we're real lucky. So, Danielle, that song "Sleepy Truck" um, is that on CD? Can yes, sir. Um, my latest CD is called Shadows, and it's fully produced. Even though I'm stripping it down to me and the guitar today, um, yeah, and or you know iTunes, that sort of thing. So, so where was your stuff recorded at? Um, that album I did in Calgary. At um, I did the bed tracks in a in a major studio, and then we went to a smaller studio, a home studio with lots of great gear though, and did all the overdubs and vocals and that sort of thing. Um, and I did. There was a guitar player I used out of Toronto, so I flew there to work on his stuff and brought the brought the tracks back damn the the expensive studio where you tracked how expensive was it um i think we paid about two grand for three days man doing beds something like that just think ricky one I day, know. One day. <laughs> i want yeah i'm in the right business <laughs> oh i'll tell you about another studio actually too rick when uh you know on the break here or whatnot <laughs> or you can talk about it yeah, now. Oh, oh, yeah, I, I don't want to yeah. like monopolize everything. No, no that's <laughs> why you're here. You We're glad you're bit. here, so we have okay. something to talk about. Okay, well, actually, this will be so this will be a good plug because it's honestly it's it's super amazing. Like it's like Candyland. I you know I went out there and there's this fellow named David Keane and I and I almost started crying when I saw this studio and he's like, I know I'm going to bring out the Purple Pony any minute now. It's kind of like <laughs> where did I end up? This is Candyland. <laughs> it's this fellow David Keane. He used to live in um in L.A. and Seattle and he had this studio called oddities a-u-d-i-t-i-e-s clever and he moved on up to canada there's a um in calgary where i live there's a keyboard museum and when they looked into collecting collectors of um, electronic keyboard instruments this guy's name kept coming up so he moved up to canada to help curate that museum and then he just saw that they were kind of putting it behind glass a little bit and he's like we should be recording with this stuff so he had his own personal collection and now he's set up a not-for-profit organization with all of this gear. And he has the history wow. of electronic instruments from 1929 wow. to present day. That's wow. Pretty, and when he lived great. in L.A., really cool. he worked on the soundtracks for Boogie Nights in Magnolia. He knows everybody. Right. And he's so humble and he's just so amazing. So he's got it set up as a not-for-profit so that he can make it affordable for musicians to actually go there. And he still has, the like, two-inch tape machines that were used oh, to record me. Pink Floyd the Wall and like Damn. like all this historical instrument. He has the Moog prototypes A B C D. He has the you know huge Bosendorfer piano that Amy Mann recorded that song on for Magnolia and like it's unbelievable. Damn. So wow. I will be recording wow. my next record there. Wow! <laughs> you can Dude, with it. He has Jimmy Chamberlain from Smashing Pumpkins snare drum collection. What? I could just go on and on with wow. the with it being not for profit. How yeah. cheap is he able to make it? Do you know? He does. I think like. Seven fifty a day, but then it goes down from there if you're booking a week or you know, and, and he's often like, Tell me your budget, let's just let's just he just wants to create some work. He has to pay his bills, yeah. of course, but he really tries to work with whatever you have because he, he really Give is me an all artist. Of your money. Yeah. And he's a producer. <laughs> so he, he knows that creativity doesn't happen when you're on this rigid, rigid schedule. You know, so he, he'll nice. work something out with you if you're like, Here's my album budget and he'll go, Okay, I can give you this. Well, the music world is a different place now. It's yeah. not a place for people. You know, it's not a place to make a, a, an amazing fortune mm-hmm. and then be able to spend a billion dollars recording your album. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that's just not what it's about anymore. Those days are gone. And he knows that. So, yeah, for, for instance, his intention is to preserve these instruments, but preserve them not like a museum where you pay $5 and go see the 
the Buchleff synthesizer behind glass, <laughs> but where you can actually go work with the instruments. And so I actually helped touch? him get his not-for-profit status. And so I worded it like it's like preserving a language by using the language mm-hmm, and, and sharing sure. that language yeah. with other people. Yeah. So it's like the history, you know, being able to record on analog when he did A-B playbacks with me from analog tape and the same thing on digital. It's like you can hear the difference. All the plugins now are trying to warm things up, which is what tape does naturally. Yeah, so right, he's, he's right, really yeah. trying to preserve this the technology, and it's also research and development. He's got the schematics for all this stuff, so he's trying to preserve the knowledge of how, how things have evolved, how this equipment has evolved right. over the years. That's great. And he's, he's still a big analog buff. You know, He's hoping things will go back to the way they were, in a sense. You keep hoping, because it's <laughs> I never going to happen. I know, I know, I know. Except when you know that there's, there's that, that warmth and that sound mm-hmm. that you're talking about with the, analog. The smooth that, curve. That mm-hmm. is yeah. a, exactly, that, it, that rather a, than a digital threshold. Yeah. That yeah. is a big, huge deal. But yeah. where digital has analog killed is that the digital sounds the same. Affordability is one thing, but digital will sound the same from the first time you play it back forever. If you yeah. do right, right, the yeah. initial yeah. recording yeah. of analog, sounds right. great but then if you do 15 overdubs playing that tape again and again yep. it, at the end of the project well, doesn't come here yeah, oh, it's, exactly. yeah. He, he was telling well, me stories like we actually watched this like fleetwood mac documentary and he has one of the stevie nicks machines that were used um on rumors where after recording that album in sausalito for a year um they had to go back to like the backup master and put that on and they realized how bright the symbols were and everything and they're like oh my goodness and they they listened to them both and realized that after you know a year of overdubs on top of the drum tracks, it's the drum tracks were totally Lost. degraded or yeah. whatever. Yeah. So yeah. he had to go and like and take take the the backup master and sync it to the to the other tape, and he had to do it because um, they weren't completely in sync. It was before time code, so that he had to do it like by manually. ear, oh, <laughs> manually God. sync the two machines. <laughs> wow. So I mean, this guy has that machine that was used to sync that rumors album wow. back, Which, in the drum tracks back. You know, so what I really, yeah. what my perfect world is to do dubs through tape, get that sound, and go straight to digital, and yeah. then work yeah. from there. You yeah, know? And, and he's not like a purist in that sense either, where, oh, that's you know, awesome. there, there's certainly, he definitely does things. You're not alone. Right? No, <laughs> no. You see yeah. the best of both yeah. worlds. You exactly. You what's good of, a, of everything. You, you know, know his, his kind of joke is no one wants to do window edits, so, you know, he wants to, like, use the technology for what it is. There's things you can do in the digital realm and editing and, and processing that you, you can't do with analog. So, right. it's, yeah, best of both worlds. He's even looking at recording on digital and, you know, maybe trying to process, like, what, what happens if you take a digital signal and then you pull it onto tape to warm it up and, and see what happens as processing and then bring it back, right? Yeah. So, and then you've got the yeah. original digital copy, so yeah. you can do that as many times as you want. And when yeah. the tape starts to wear down, you don't have to worry about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah or, or vice versa. Like, like you were saying, Rick, you can record it onto analog and then bring it into digital for mixing and, and editing and adding other things to it, you know? Man. Yeah. That you is you so would die. Cool. You that would is die. so cool. It's really cool. So, so your album that we have today in my in mm-hmm. here in my control center, how was uh, what what did analog what place did analog play on that? Did not you, not not at all on that one. And not yeah. even in the mastering because a lot of people in mastering will run it to to, uh, to like no, two inch tape. We and did back. master on digital as well. A hundred percent digital. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not that there's anything wrong with that. State no, of the no, art. I mean, it's, it's weird because I've I've actually been recording for so long now, like. You know, my first album was put out in 1995, <laughs> and uh, I did that completely on analog. 
oh. mixing and everything with like an automated desk and all that. Damn. Well, that's another thing he has in the studio now. He got he bought this analog desk off of Lenny Kravitz, and he's he's got it all. He rewired the whole thing. He pulled all the old wires out. He's got it completely redone, and it was like it used to be in the Strawberry Studios. 10cc recorded on oh, it a lot wow. and stuff like that um he's just got that all now in the studio so we can do stuff on analog um, Man, there as well on the with. desk and do you uh, know what name it is what what the... it's a helios oh okay I'm yeah not familiar it's like with that disneyland one. for nerds i know i know i know i was geeking out so bad so where is this where is this magical place located <laughs> this magical fairyland it's just outside of calgary alberta canada oh you got to go to canada to see yeah, it? i know Damn i know it. tom gordon from imirage here he flew up because <laughs> i told him about it he's like can i come stay with you for a week i'm like yep come on mm. up tom Local i took him out there tom gordon i i he he actually had to stay there for a few days, and he because he just wouldn't leave, and the, which was good. David could use the help too, but he he offered for free to just help him rewire and patch some stuff in. <laughs> he was yeah. playing just things under the floorboards. Yeah. yeah, he was just like, he's like the last time I saw that two inch tape machine, this Stevens machine was over with so and so, and David's like, yeah, I bought it off so and so. He's like, oh, okay, so they were like two peas in a pod. Yeah, they probably had a lot to talk about. <laughs> I just like backed away, left them alone. Audio for a while. nerds bonding. <laughs> 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 to to get this a little back to you, mm, okay. Danielle. Uh, do you so? Do you have a website or yes, yes sir? What, what give yourself a plug? Yeah, here. it's just daniellefrench dot com. D a n i e l l e. There's there's the l l e because I'm I'm a girl, not a boy. <laughs> and then French like the language. F r e n c h dot com. And is your music available for sale there? Yeah, or yeah. at least directed to. Yeah, it, it directs you yeah. to CD Baby, but yeah. that's. Do fine. you have five albums out? I, I, well, I have three full length ones and one EP. Oh, okay, four. And I'm working on a new one right now, but I just found out I didn't get the grant to record that one, so oh, maybe I'll just make it an EP to get something out right away and right. see what songs belong together and take it from there. Tester. Sounds and I might good. do a kid's record. Oh, yes. Great. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm learning accordion, record. and I'm starting to write kid's songs on it. <laughs> Going down it's the really they con- might be conducive. Giants Road. <laughs> <laughs> that wouldn't be so bad. No. <laughs> They, they. I mean, a lot of people don't listen to them anymore because they think they're a kids' band. I mean, oh, really? They, they are. But, I didn't even realize that. But their kids' music is well. I listen to it. Well, <laughs> it's like Schoolhouse Rock. Yeah, but. yeah. A, a friend of mine in Calgary is a school teacher, and she's an amazing musician. And we've always wanted to work together. And now I've got about three or four kids' songs that have just sort of naturally come out of me. So we're going to collaborate and see if we can get a grant. And the most recent kids' song I wrote. There's a big market for that. My, at, at least totally. Stateside. Well, and Definitely. she's tapped in, so we could like tour within the schools and, yeah. and actually make some money too. Right. And so it's like a win-win-win situation. Yeah, Very that sounds cool. fun. But the last little song I wrote, I have this three-year-old niece, and mm-hmm. she she started writing this song in her head. And my mom, or her mom, my sister, was like just shocked. And she's like, Addie, that's her, that's the kid's name. Do you want to sing that song for Auntie Danielle? And she was kind of shy and wouldn't sing it. So my sister starts singing it to me. And it's like, sometimes, sometimes trees die, trees die. <laughs> so I took that and I wrote a whole other song to it at Christmas. I had a recorded version from GarageBand. I'm like, Addie, here's your Christmas present. And I play it and she's like, that's my song. I'm like, awesome. yes, it is your song. Awesome. So she'll get like writing credit on it and stuff. Aww. Right. Wow. I'm co-writing with a three-year-old yeah. now. It's great. <laughs> well, I've been, I've been doing the same, a lot of the with same your kind kid. of thing with my yeah. daughter. I don't have quite well any musical ability but i do have the writing skills mm-hmm. and every time she comes up with a little story i'll i'll, jo- I'll jot the bare bones of it down mm-hmm. so well, a couple of them i even have the verbatim which she told me jotted down there's one about uh, going to the park and there's a thunderstorm so she and her friend had to run back to the library where they played and then the sun- thunderstorm went away so they went back to the park and the thunderstorm honey how long does this go on only 10 times daddy 
<laughs> but no, I'll take these down, and some of them I've been developing into kids' stories that I, I want to collect and you know, one day mm. publish, a little co-authorship between da- dad and daughter. Totally. You know, a couple years that she could help me flesh out some more characters as she gets a little older here. Yeah, totally. It's super fun, and there's a huge market for kids' stuff like that, especially kids' stuff inspired by kids. Yeah. Well, and, and yeah, I, I mean, I, I, for me, I don't see it as like, I, I don't want to write little like the, the wheels on the truck go round and round or anything, you know, anything like yeah. that. Hey, hey, that was a big <laughs> hit. Okay. <laughs> well, fair enough. So if I could know. have, if I could have co-writing share on that one, I would be okay with it. But, but you know, Royalties. you know, I, I don't know what age group, but again, my friend who's in school, who, you know, teaches, she kind of knows those demographics and she knows how to yeah. work with kids and, and do the teaching part. And I can sort of learn by osmosis a little bit on that, but it's it's just another way to tap in. Musically, I think, too. And I think it would be really fun to record because you could, like, use all these really wacky instruments that you normally couldn't use because you could really have fun with it. Mm -hmm, And you wouldn't necessarily, like, need to have this complete cohesion between each song. Each song you could kind of treat a bit differently. Right. Because, you know, there would be a cohesion in that it would be us, you know, singing. An album you might want to check out. Um, The Terrible Twos, have you ever heard or have you ever seen an owl? Have you ever heard an owl? Mm. Uh, but it's by the Terrible Twos. Uh, one of the guys in the band used to be in, oh gosh, uh, I think No Knife, a band out of Kansas City. Um, but it was, it, And it's a great little, uh, it's like him, sometimes uh, his girlfriend uh, ba- playing a, a, a backup on a different instrument. But a guy and a guitar and all these just fun little kid songs. And like you say, they, mm-hmm. they don't necessarily all tie in together. Some of them, you know, this one's a little bit about math and this one's a little bit about just things you notice and it's fun and it's just great fun and it's you know serious adult musicians Mm -hmm. with their own band making kids music Mm -hmm. because because it's fun yeah it's like don't rule out any anything that's coming to you right like yeah when you get too serious with anything you kind of lose you lose that childhood spark and yeah yeah, it stops being fun fun, don't do it exactly so you know what's fun is listening to your music. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was thinking maybe we should play a track off of your album Shadows. Sure, yeah. and can, I, can I nerd out and ask, do you know what uh, vocal mic they used to record this for you? Um, oh, good question. Very good question. Ooh, I, I'm checking your nerdiness to see if you actually remember that. Well, and it's a good question. I know that I like to normally use the Neumann U87s. Oh, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> yeah. But to be honest, I can't remember if, if that was if it or not. had a Neumann in there. I honestly can't remember. And then for those of you who don't know, Neumann U87, industry standard yeah. and only $3,000 for one microphone. Yeah, only. Oh, only so you've got 3, like 1000 Oh, right? yeah, 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 sure. Actually, I ordered my very first Neumann. It's not a U87. It's a little yeah. shitty $700 one, but it's my first Neumann. It'll be here on Wednesday. Oh, yay. yay. I That's know. exciting for Boy, <laughs> I am coming up in the world. I have a Neumann. Yay. Uh, so, so... Uh, is Time to Kill the one you'd like to hear, perhaps? Yeah, that's what we were thinking. Hey, why don't you yeah. tell us the story about um, who's – there's a special guest on that, right? Yeah. So a Canadian superstar? Yeah, yeah. Dana which, which I'll tell you who it is. And, and <laughs> all you Green? And... <laughs> keep going, keep going. Harlan it's, Williams? It's not Alanis Morissette. Rick Adams? <laughs> uh, uh, the, the great no, one, and then Wayne I'll Gretzky? Say it, and because you guys aren't Canadian, you're not even going to know who he is, and it's really a shame because he's – William Shatner. cry. Oh, I wish. <laughs> I know. I wish. Is he Canadian? Don't we all? Yes, yes. he's Canadian. God, he's got a lovely known. voice. 
We can't my claim friends, that. my small friends. <laughs> 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 I love, I love. I'm a Trekkie too, so just so you know. Yeah. yeah. Actually, my ex boyfriend. Shocker. <laughs> my ex, yeah, I know. I, all my geek is coming out in this in this podcast. That's really awesome. <laughs> I play that. Scrabble too. If anyone would like to play some Scrabble, <laughs> kick ass Scrabble. I, 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 I have it on my, my smartphone. Do you? Do you I do too. Oh, hey, we can play Lexus. Yeah, I've yeah. got a word feud. It's it's okay. a great exact okay. Scrabble rep. Yeah, we'll we'll trade. Okay, info sweet, here. sweet, geeking out with the boys. Yeah. <laughs> so what, what was we, I talking about? <laughs> we were talking about the song "Time to Kill." Yeah, and you had a super special Canadian yeah, star yeah. on there. There's this amazing band in Canada that just recently broke up, but they were together for like 20 years, and they're called the Real Statics. And then they, they were kind of one of those bands where they had three main songwriters, like they all kind of took turns writing songs, and then they all played together of course and martin tielli was one of the one of the people in that um band and he's got a couple oh, yeah. solo projects I've out never heard of him yeah i know <laughs> it's such a shame okay do yourselves a favor go to youtube and type in martin tielli t-i-e-l-l-i and find a song called no i'm not gonna remember the name of the song um i'll never tear you apart the video and the song will will make you weep with Excellent. beauty, your your heart Excellent. will just open and you will just cry the whole that time. Sounds fun. It's to so check gorgeous. It out. So um, we got really drunk in Toronto after <laughs> our sessions one night. We just recorded in his house, and we went to this place called the Intersteer on Roncesvalles. And he drinks at this uh, Polish bar, so we were drinking Zwiebeck, uh beers, and um, went back to his place for whiskey afterwards, and turned into an all nighter, and um, we put I put on this song as kind of like he's like, is there anything else you need me to play? And I'm like. Let me just put this song on and see if you hear anything. And he just started babbling and doing these weird little laughs and stuff like that. And so I amalgamated all the babbling underneath and kind of incorporated that into the song. Should we? Uh, is there what? What's the song about? Should we? Do we oh, get any like? Uh, sure. I love being able to ask an artist because I always yeah, make yeah. up my own stories and end up thinking it's a love song when it's really about Hitler. Right. You know. So. <laughs> <laughs> this one is like a bizarre series of dream dates. It's um. It's a song that was inspired by Tom Waits. I was in my car one day and. Listening, I'd been listening for years to Tom Waits, and I was getting mad at myself in my own head, like, when am I going to write like a Tom Waits-inspired song? And this other voice in my head went, well, if you were to write a Tom Waits song, how would it go? I'm like, well, of course it would go like this. Dun, 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 dun. I had this melody, and then all of a sudden, time to kill. Dun, 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 and all of a sudden, all the words just flooded in. I'm like, whoa. And they weren't words I'd ever thought of before or anything. Awesome. I'm like, awesome. this is crazy. It was I like a lightning bolt. Yeah. I had to call home and sing it into my phone so I didn't forget it. Dude, so Tom yeah. Waits' awesome. muse Conduit. visited you. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. The, 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 you were, you see, you're yeah. almost channeling Tom Waits in this. I actually, okay. honestly, I, f- I felt Damn. like that was a true channeling moment. Moment. Like I can't even almost take credit for the song. It's just like, <laughs> thanks for whoever handed that one over to me <laughs> instead of Tom Waits. Thank you very much. <laughs> it's always the best okay. feeling. Okay, so so should we hit it? Sure. Yeah, let's hear sure. it. Let's Here she comes. I think.
Great song, man. Yeah, that song was pretty good. No, really, that that is the uh, internal soundtrack to my downfall when I succumb to alcoholism. Absolutely, I was say, that's absolutely a good drinking song. Oh yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah, and people really join in when I play it live and stuff. I like, yeah. I, I remember one, I was one gig in Calgary and. And yeah, these guys were drinking whiskey, and they they started clanking their glasses together. The glasses broke, and they kept yeah. going. And then they were picking up change and dropping it on the table, and like in time, it was just perfect. Damn. Yeah. When I and, saw and you on Monday night, and I heard you playing that song, I I just had to order more Jameson. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe I could get a whiskey right sponsorship then for this one. Maybe you should. <laughs> something to look into something to look into. Not See, a bad idea. See, I'm a business person too. Right? Yeah. There's a lot yeah, of good yeah. Canadian whiskey. A lot of ideas. Yeah, around. exactly. <laughs> You know, I was, I was listening to an interview with the Black Keys, and they were talking about how initially they were turning down uh, spots to, to get their music played on commercials because they didn't want to sell out. Yeah. And then they started getting their stuff played on commercials and in movies, and radio stations don't play that kind of music, and everybody mm-hmm. found them because of those commercials. Yeah. yeah. And it was like that was the new radio, the radio station. Yeah. You know what? It's absolutely true. Like, like things have shifted. I remember, you know, I remember 10 or 15 years ago, yeah, it was selling out to get your song on a commercial or whatever. But now they're, they're calling um, music supervisors. The new A and R, right? I, I went to a music supervisor conference a year ago in in L A, and it was like Alexander Patsavas, who does like Grey's Anatomy and Nip and Tuck, and all all these huge shows, um, the OC, whatnot. Um, PJ Bloom, it does Glee, um, and I got to actually submit a few songs to the music supervisor of True Blood. So Man, oh that's, that's the way to get that's it. That's how people, yeah. and it's the way independent artists can actually make some money on their publishing. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. yeah no, there have been a handful of bands that I've first heard a track off of on CSI, totally. you know, eight years ago or whatever. Totally. You know? Yeah, it's it's a new new way of doing yeah. things. Welcome it's a different world. Way to get it your is. music heard because nobody's really listening to the radio. World. <laughs> oh wait, no, no, that's yeah. wrong instead podcast. Of, <laughs> instead of bitching about the, the the golden goose that's now dead, let's move on to the new goose. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the I mean, shit's platinum. Yes. There's always another goose. Yeah. <laughs> well, and and I mean, the way it shifted over too was oh, there was all this independent music coming out, so music supervisors could then do sort of a one-stop with the artist themselves who owns their own publishing as long as they're organized and have all their stuff registered. And they could get, you know, if they couldn't afford like a Radiohead song and go through the management and the agents and the the record labels to get the song and and pay $10,000, they could for two grand get an independent song that sounds sort of like a Radiohead song if they weren't, you know, if it wasn't specific that they needed that Radiohead song. They could find an independent act that maybe had a really high quality product 
and get it for quite a bit cheaper. But for an independent act, two grand is a lot of money. So it's like, yeah, yeah. yeah bring yeah. it on, right? right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, plus yeah. the yeah. exposure. Plus oh, the exposure, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So it's kind of this win-win situation. Better than Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you're a bit of a filmmaker yourself. Uh, yeah. I understand you made a movie to the song we just heard. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I did. A, I got a, well, in Canada, they give artists grants to do stuff. It's pretty cool. Um, they're competitive. They're still hard to get. Like, I just got turned down for one. But, you know, when you do get them, it's, it's like winning the lottery. And so there was this one particular grant that kind of popped up that the mandate was to help musicians or actually help any anyone working in one discipline to, to help them work in another discipline. You had to have some sort of hand in that other discipline already. I couldn't just say I want to be a painter and I've never painted anything. <laughs> so I had one short film that I'd done before where I just kind of wrote with people and it didn't cost me a lot of money, but it, it got into some festivals. So that qualified me as an emerging media artist. And so based on that grant, I, I got quite a bit of money to do a short film to Time to Kill. And it got into film festivals around the world and it's been screened on, um, net, on Bravo. Bravo. Bravo Channel. Oh, no, mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, that's wow. pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I remember watching it, and I was really impressed Thanks. with it. It's it's a beautiful yeah. thing. I'm Yeah, I'm really proud of that one. <laughs> really elegant and classy, and, and and then that song is incredible. Yeah. If we were inclined to see it, would there, would there, would, do we have to go to your website? or? Well, you know what the sort of um, good and bad thing is? Um, I can't have it online because I actually got a distributor for it recently, oh. and the distributor tries to aggregate it online as well, so... If I have it online somewhere already, they they can't sell it, right? So right, the right. distributor is trying to actually sell it to different outlets for me. So oh, I see. Yeah, so one day maybe we could have a private screening off oh. the DVD in your living room. Man, yeah, buy the yeah. DVD. Yeah, so, buy the DVD. <laughs> so I'm fascinated with this Canadian grants for music yeah, thing. So yeah. they, you apply for grants for different. Do they have like yeah. a folk one and a rock one, or what's well, the? There's there's different granting agents depending on like um, on different levels: municipal, provincial, federal. Um, so, you know, in, in Calgary, there's some municipal grants, but now they're only supporting really organizations, and that's money from the city of Calgary that gets administered through this granting organization. Then there's the Alberta Foundation for the Arts, and they have different grant applications for different disciplines. And then federally, there's the Canada Council, and there's an organization called Factor. And again, they have different granting um, grant applications under their umbrellas. So, so, just to interrupt for a second, mm-hmm. for all the dummies listening to the show, municipality is a city. <laughs> oh, province, oh. province, it's the, it's or the Canada talk is it's a the Canada state. talk. Yeah, yeah so that, thanks for a province that up, is like me. a state. That's right. <laughs> okay, I'll a talk province. to you like you're in grade six. <laughs> <laughs> what do you guys call counties? <laughs> I think we actually have counties, but okay. Okay, okay. there's never like a grand. county fair or anything like Do you, that. Are there parishes like in Quebec, like there is in Louisiana? <laughs> I don't know. It's I haven't spent a lot of time thing. in Quebec. It's a weird French thing. Parishes. They like yeah, cut. it could be. Yeah. So, there's, there's a lot of French people in quarters. So you call them up and say you want to do an album and you get the grant. What kind of money are we talking about? Um, well, they have different um, like maximum you know, maximum amounts that you can apply for. For instance, like it'd be too much for me to break down each single like granting agent and how much money they would give. But the, for instance, the grant I just applied for to record, it was 15,000. It doesn't, it doesn't cover mixing though. So it will cover all the tracking and pre-production. If you use some of that money on mixing, will you get in trouble? 
No. Uh, well, do you have to show receipts? You have to Once not, not receipts, in your but you checkbook. Have, you have to, yeah, you have to show them, you know, a breakdown of where you spent the money, and yeah. they can audit you at any time. So and you kind of have to be wow, and it um, has to be like, board about it. It has to be like a real recording studio. You couldn't just like buy a bunch of mics and do it in your house. Yeah, and call they, that the... they do allow some home recording um, places, but not at your own home. You <laughs> like, have to go to someone else. This shithole would not count, Rick. You know, you know, you know but I, I, but I can include like two grand for subsistence for the month to work on the record, so I can live nice, on that nice. while I'm doing. Wow, wow, that's a good deal. Can you imagine? Cool. You know, I know a lot of the because most of the studio, most of the big studios in the United States are just going out of business. I know because nobody can afford to use them, and there's no yep. there's no record company with the keys to the kingdom anymore, yep. paying for everything. Well, so. and, and this is this is interesting because I, I thought about it um, as well. And even though you know I might get two grand to work on an album, um, it's like pretty much most of that money is going to the recording studio. So it's like grants that are almost supporting you the recording studio. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I still yeah I still can't quit my my job when I need one. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. But then there's other grants, too, that you can apply for for research and development. So if I wanted to go into a cabin in the woods and write for six months. Now, I'd have to apply, and it has to get accepted, and it's all peer-assessed. So, you know, you have to make a good case for why this is going to help your career and and give your background and whatnot. It's not just just willy-nilly, you know. Yeah, it's it's a professional status thing. It's, It's not like... You know, they they have a mandate to support emerging artists, and I guess I'm a mid-career artist, so, you know, I have to put in a good application and really state why this is going to help my career and speak to their mandate as well, right? So, so like, bands like Rush, I'm trying to think of a Canadian successful band, (laughs) do they get money from the government to record albums? Um, I, I mean... I mean, you don't know, but A lot of it's supporting independent artists. If you've got a label, um, some independent labels can get some money and then use that money to market their artists or whatnot. So it's interesting. For for the longest time, Network is, I think, still considered an independent label, and they're distributed by a, a bigger company. And so I think they were still getting money to help, like, Sarah McLaughlin, even though she's winning Grammys. So there's a little <laughs> bit of that that's going on. But, you know, then she signed to another label in the States. So right. it's all semantics, too. Like, Man. there's different criterias. No wonder Skinny Puppy you know? never left Canada. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't leave either. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even know it's they true, were from It's true. It's true. Oh yeah, yeah. One of the one of the great things that came out of Canada, uh, skinny Dave, puppy. Yeah, yeah. Big little abortions I, I, as well. I, I used Dave to. I, I used to volunteer no no. at Network, and yeah. I, I used to volunteer at Network, and, and I would answer Skinny Puppy's fan mail. Really? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we could have a whole podcast that was one of my on jobs. that. Yeah. Oh, cool. <laughs> that is so really rad. Any 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 exciting tidbits you can share with us? Oh, to me, I couldn't remember right now. To be honest, it was so long ago. It was like probably 1993. And did you did you write as said? And that's what I think. Uh, love always seven key. <laughs> love no, I always. I, I wouldn't write it as if it was oh, from okay. them. Like it, I wasn't lying that I was Thank in you. Skinny Puppy. Thank you for no, showing your interest in. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, okay. but just like Skinny Puppy can't answer your thing right now. So. <laughs> but we thank you for your postcard. Uh, There's a free t shirt. Yeah. And check out my website. If you like Skinny Puppy, you probably won't like me, but maybe your parents will like me. So, totally. hey, let's wrap it up. Uh, yeah, we don't you see have that a... over there that looks, yep, that looks like the end. Wow. Yeah. Right it's there, coming right oh, up to us crazy. here. Yeah. It's getting up closer. It's right we, behind me. Are we. <laughs> I want to thank like I want to thank Danielle for coming down and sharing yeah, thank with you us. Thank you very much, Danielle. Oh, I love and you guys. Thanks. It's City. great to have you here. It's, it's been good to, to see be you here. this week too. Totally, you too. All of you. This is probably one of our better podcasts. So I have to. It's have probably to say definitely some, top three. Some good content in <laughs> I, there. I, I, top three. Yeah. <laughs> We need to have more guests to keep us on topic. Oh, this is a good, this is really fun. <laughs> so, how about we sign off and then we'll hand it over to Daniel and you could play us whatever you want for the outro. Okay. Sweet. All right. 
Well, for the biggest little podcast, this is Nick. This is Reverend Rory. This is Josh Martin. I'm Rick. We'll see you next time. Good night, ladies. <laughs> Just the ladies? <laughs> I'll say good night, gentlemen. Absolutely. Then. Sit here in the dark until I can see her rest one more day on what will never be. I'll take a drink, tell myself that you are not my lover. I'll take shelter from the storm Imagine that I'm not alone I'll rest one more day Trying to be seen I'll take a drink Convince myself That you are not my lover